Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you have chosen to spend some time with us today. We are going to be discussing choices you can make while you're single to help you flourish in your single years, and they'll increase your odds for a better marriage later. It's kind of like you're loving your husband before you even have one. Adrian, we're going into the holiday season. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Christmas. And you know, I remember being a new follower of Christ and I remember thinking, "Oh wow, Christmas is going to be really special this year because now, you know, I have this new relationship with God and it's just going to be awesome." But I quickly learned that it doesn't just naturally happen. There are decisions that we make, choices we make that can really set us up for a special Christmas. Which I'm so glad we invited Kat to come on the podcast with us today because she is someone that makes Christmas special. Um, She is the friend we have who absolutely loves it, and we want this Christmas to be your best one yet. And so we asked her to come on and help us get ready for the holidays. Yes, we're so glad to have Kat here. You know, since most of our listeners are single, we're going into this discussion considering the angle of a single woman going into Christmas. But there is something for everybody in our discussion. So Kat, welcome to the podcast. You made a special trip out to Arizona to be with us in person, and we're so glad. Thank you for coming. So happy to be here. I'm sure it just feels like Christmas in Arizona, right? It's like 85 degrees, you know, there's a nice... Little breeze just really screams Christmas, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Christmas in the desert. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. I love this weather. Well, Kat, we know and love you, but would you share a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can get to know you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, I am 29 and uh, am not married. I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I love it there. I love the way that the leaves change. I love that there's different seasons, so a little bit different than here in the desert. But I um, work with college students and have for the past eight years worked for a student ministry, and it's the best. It's one of my favorite things to get to do. Uh, I own my own home, so one of my favorite things is decorating my home. I love to cook. I love to be outside and hike and Yeah, I love Christmas, so I'm so excited to get to talk about it. Well, we're excited to talk about Christmas. You know, it is that time of year. You know, but before we get started talking about some tips, there's a big elephant in the room that I want to address, especially for our single listeners. But, you know, as a single woman, I went into the holidays many times really facing kind of some challenging conversations. I mean, it was kind of like Christmas was kind of the... I was just like, I just kind of dreaded it because people would be like, oh, no guy, or are you dating anybody? Or, you know, this, those types of questions. Adrian, did you ever have any of those questions when you were 
Oh, definitely. If my parents listening to this podcast, they would go, oh, yep, we definitely (laughs) contributed to those questions. But I know some people have the family members that might bring a new person every single holidays, but I was the person that never brought anyone ever. And so until I brought, I think, yeah, when Dave and I were dating, if not maybe engaged, he came. And so I was someone who didn't bring a lot of people over to the holidays. I know that's not everyone's story, but that was my story. Yeah. So Kat, as a single woman, I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about that. Now, before we do, I want you to give your street cred, your street credentials, because I know as a single woman, I got to be honest and confess here that, you know, women would come in and they would share their advice for single women and they were single for like five minutes. And so it was just really hard to kind of absorb that. So that's not your story. Right. So why don't you give our listeners a chance to really go, okay, Kat knows what I'm going through. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was thinking about it today, actually, and it has been, I've gone through 10 holiday seasons as a single girl. So since I was in a serious relationship. So there have been a lot of holidays spent where um, I am the, gosh, was the seventh wheel of my family. (laughs) And so I definitely know what that is like. I have also been in a million weddings. Okay, Um, tell us, tell us how many. You know, I believe that I I know for a fact it's over 20. I've lost count (laughs) at this point how many weddings I've actually been in. But again, it's definitely over 20. You win. Yep. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I definitely know the benefits, but then also just the hardships of being single around the holidays. It can feel lonely. And yeah, I've definitely been asked the question way too many times to count of when I'm going to bring somebody home for the holidays or Uh, why I don't have someone. And so I definitely know that it can be lonely and have walked through that and have uh, felt, yeah, definitely the unhappiness that can come from that too. Hey, thanks for sharing that and just being vulnerable with us and with our listeners and just throwing that disclaimer out there, what your life has been like for these past few Christmases. So how do you respond when, when someone asks those questions? Like, you know, what's a good way to respond that you found um, to kind of handle Aunt Minerva and her desire for you to be married. Yeah, definitely. I think for a while I just avoided the question. I would just be like, nope, and then I would just move on. Uh, but what I found that I actually think has been the best for, even just for me as I'm answering, as I like kind of redirect my thoughts is just know that um, God doesn't have somebody for me right now. And so just an acknowledgement of, the sovereignty of God, I think in that of, no, that's just not the season that God has me in. And I'm thankful for where I am right now. And in doing that, I think it kind of redirects my thoughts to remember, okay, I do, I really believe that the season that God has me in is his best. Uh, It talks about in Psalm 84, 11, uh, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so that was something that I really did have to just think through a lot as I would go through the holiday season single was, do I believe that this is God's best? Do I believe that this is his good thing? Um, And if I believe that God is who he says he is, then yes, because if it wasn't his best, then I wouldn't be in it. And so that kind of helped me answer some of those questions whenever I really believed that for myself. Well, you responded a lot more graciously and 
more holy than I did in those scenarios. I was often like, well, no one's asked me out yet. So that's why I'm not bringing anyone home. But yeah, just hearing your response, I'm like, wow, I, I wish that was my response. Cause that just points, like you said, to the sovereignty of God. Yeah, that's a good one. I think one time I said, well, are you praying for me? <laughs> so, but Christmas is so much more about just a relationship with a person. It is about a relationship with God. So, Kat, have you always just loved Christmas? Because when I think of Christmas, I think of you. I mean, it's like just, you know, because we've been friends for a long time. And I mean, you go all out for Christmas. Have you always loved Christmas? Yes, I really have. I think that my love for Christmas came from my family. Uh, and so it was just magical at my house during Christmas season. They would do, so my birthday is December 13th. And so it starts the 12 days of Christmas. So I was always like, oh yeah, I'm starting the 12 days of Christmas. And we would celebrate 12 days, like leading up to Christmas. And there would always be something really fun on that day that my mom would have us do, whether it was baking Christmas cookies or you know, going to, I mean, going to see the neighbors and bring them presents, whatever it was. I mean, we even like went out into this field and picked reindeer grass. I don't know if, I don't know, I don't if know anyone, what reindeer grass is. I don't know if anyone else did that, but that was what my Kinda family just put did. some green grass out yeah. for, the, yes. for the reindeer by the, the cookies yep. and Santa. 100%. Okay. And so, but everything felt like a big event and just really magical and really fun. And so I think I loved Christmas even from then, but then as I became a follower of Christ, uh, my freshman year of college, and really started to understand what Christmas was about, then I loved it for really different reasons. Um, and yeah, I think that my view has morphed over the years of why I love Christmas, but it still remains pretty steady that I have loved it. So... So you mentioned, yeah, there's just there's more to Christmas than Santa or, or, you know, like just what's being celebrated in culture. Can you elaborate on that some more? Definitely. Uh, so one of the things is that, you know, I didn't really grow up reading my Bible a ton. Uh, but what I have learned in really the last, you know, five or 10 years is that Jesus doesn't just uh, jump on the scene in the New Testament, that Jesus is actually someone who a lot of people were waiting for. And so there's a book uh, in the Old Testament, and it's Isaiah. And in uh, chapter 9, it talks about how people had been walking in darkness. Verse 2 says, The people have been walking in darkness and have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then it goes on to talk about how a child has been given and a son is born. And what I didn't realize uh, was that that was talking about Jesus. But that was a long time before Jesus had actually come onto the scene. And so these people were waiting, they were anticipating, uh, and then actually God was silent for 400 years, actually. And so I can't even imagine like this buildup. It's like, okay, we're hearing about this amazing person who's going to come, and then just all of a sudden it's just dead silent. And then uh, in the first chapter of John, which is in the New Testament, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so what everyone had been waiting for finally happened. And so whenever I actually wrap my mind around that, I'm like, I can't imagine 
really just being in anticipation for that long and then getting to see something like that happen, that Jesus would come and that he would make his dwelling among us. And actually in the original language, the word, which I just love that is love this. It talks about actually like pitching his tent among us. And so it doesn't just mean that he came to earth, but he came to live alongside of us, that he came to make a home with us. And so that just feels really special for me. And especially even as a single girl to think, okay, I mean, whether you're single or not, it's special, but just as a single person to think that, okay, not only um, do you feel lonely during Christmas time, but to realize, man, Jesus came to be with us. He came to be among us. And so I don't have to actually feel lonely. That is what Christmas is basically saying is that it's not, you're not by yourself anymore because Jesus came to live among us. And so I think that that just changed everything for me whenever I started following Christ and actually realized the true meaning of Christmas. So I still love the, I love the traditions. I love the magic, but it's a lot more special to me now because of the reality of what it means that Jesus came to us. You know, I'm so glad you touched on that about um, God being with us because one of my favorite Christmas verses is in Matthew. And it says um, in Matthew 23, and it said, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so just, you know, you hear the word Emmanuel a lot in Christmas carols and songs. And um, and so God wants to be with us. And it is. It's meaningful as a single woman and as a married woman, too, you know, that God wants to be with me. And it's just a wonderful message of Christmas. I'm glad you brought up that point, too, Kat, of just like everyone has been anticipating or people in the old Testament are anticipating Jesus return for so long. And like when you put 400 years, you go, Oh, that's like a lot of people's like lifetimes. That's like generations. That would be like great, great grandparents, like telling you about, Hey, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And it's like, as a great grandkid, you're like, okay, what my grandparents are saying is like actually happening. Like that is a lot of anticipation build up. And I think it just is a beautiful picture of like how much more did they celebrate when like God was with them. I love that. So sweet. Well, um, I kind of jumped ahead at the beginning of the podcast because I just wanted you to talk about, you know, relating to the relatives who are asking the questions about why aren't you married and where's your boyfriend, that type of thing. But could you share with us just how you celebrate Christmas well and what choices you make to really make Christmas special. I know you've thought through some different tips and steps, and so I'd love to give you a chance to share those. So let's just start with the the first one. Yeah, definitely. Well, it kind of goes with what we were talking about, but I feel like the first thing that I think about is just to embrace where you are. And uh, there's just some practical steps with that, but essentially that just means that whether you're single or whether you're married, Um, for me, you know, as a single person, that was really important. I think I wanted to just wait until I got married or until I had a family to start doing all of these Christmas traditions. But one of the ways that I've figured out how to celebrate Christmas well is just to embrace where I am. And so one of those practical steps is just to decorate. Um, It sounds so simple, but I think, you know, if you're in college, it's like decorating your dorm room. If you're overseas, I was talking to one of my friends who, lived in um, lived in a third world country for a really long time. And she talked about how her Christmas tree was like this wooden triangle frame and then this uh, 
this like broom that she just broke apart to try to make a tree. Uh, but just embracing where you are, whether that's location wise or whether that is, you know, you're single or married. It's like, I want to decorate my house and I want it to feel like Christmas. I want other people to be able to step in and embrace Christmas in my house too and in my home. And so I put Christmas lights up on my house every year. Sometimes I pay people, sometimes I do it myself. And then uh, I, I put up a tree and I decorate it. And I, it just makes me remember that, okay, I can celebrate Christmas and it can be special just even with just me and my roommates. Uh, and another thing is I feel like I try to initiate um, the celebration. So I don't try to wait for someone else to do it. Uh, one of the things that me and my roommates do a lot is that we spend a whole night decorating for Christmas. So we'll play a Christmas movie or we'll play super loud Christmas music. Normally I'll like make hot chocolate and we put everything up together and it's so fun. And I actually remember even before, um, or even while I was in college, a family invited me over to do that with them. And that was really huge for me. But I think initiating things that you want to see happen is a really big deal. So even now, sometimes I'll ask families from my church, like, oh, can I come do Christmas with you guys? Like, can I put up the Christmas like tree and lights and everything like that? And so just asking and letting yourself uh, be a part of that and then inviting other people in whenever you do it too. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. When do you put your tree up? Oh boy, it's the hot topic. <laughs> that was a hot topic. Do you do it before Thanksgiving? Do you do it after Thanksgiving? When do you do it? Before Halloween? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Some people do that. Oh, before Halloween. if I had if I had my way, I would put up my Christmas tree on November first. But I live with other people, so I try to be considerate. But the tree is up, and currently, right now, it is before Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> so my tree is my tree is always up in November, it, at least a little bit before Thanksgiving. Adrian, what's your tradition with that? Well, here's the thing. I haven't been good at embracing where I'm at. I think I've thought about buying a Christmas tree, like, I don't know, ever since I became an adult. And I was like, when I am in a house, I'll buy a Christmas tree, like the one that I want to keep. So I've truly never bought a Christmas tree because I've just lived in apartment after apartment after apartment. And Dave and I last year, after Christmas, we bought a Christmas tree in faith that we were going to have a house. And I was like, yes, we'll be able to put this tree up. Well, we are not in a house. We are still in our apartment. And I told Dave I didn't want to put it up because I was like, we got this tree for a house. And he was like, Adrian, he basically said exactly what you said, but in different words, like we need to embrace where we're at. I know we don't have room, but we'll make it work. And so we like kind of stuck it in this corner. The bottom of the tree is not fluffed because it doesn't fit. And so only the top part of the tree is fluffed, but we hung the few ornaments that we did and we're just embracing where we're at. And I think that is really important. So when you were saying that, Kat, I was like, yes, like I'm someone that has an embrace. I'm always like, when I get to the next thing, when I get to the next thing and I'm like, I'm missing out where God has me right now. Well, what else? Yeah. Uh, another part of embracing where you are is just to create tradition. So like what I talked about, that was really fun with my family growing up, but now I'm not with my family, at least not for most of the holiday season. I'm on my own. And so choosing some traditions to take from my family, but then also creating some new ones. But one of the things that I, we always did was, I think since I was literally born, we've gone to Silver Dollar City, which is in Branson, Missouri, and seen the lights. That is my shameless plug for that place. I think it is the most Christmassy, magical place ever. But so I love that tradition, but also just trying to create some new traditions. Now me and my roommates always do roommate Christmas together and we usually do some kind of a theme with gifts. And so that's a new tradition that I've created uh, with my roommates since they're the people who I spend time around, which has been really fun. 
Um, but yeah, and so another way that, uh, yeah, another step is just to prepare, I think prepare your heart for Christmas is, you know, that's a little bit more on the serious side. We've kind of been talking about decorating and everything like that, but I try to do an Advent study every year. Uh, I love the She Reads Truth ones, but just in general, a lot of churches do one or, uh, there's a lot of different ones that you could do through, different companies or organizations, but I really love the She Reads Truth one, but it's basically a devotional that's helping you prepare your heart to actually celebrate Christmas. And so Advent in the church calendar is basically means just a season of waiting. And so again, the anticipation, just like people felt uh, in back in Bible times, whenever they were waiting for Jesus can still be, you know, created and put in us today of where I'm waiting Uh, to celebrate Christmas. And I'm kind of preparing my heart to do that. Because I think a lot of times just in the world that we live in, a lot of times December can sometimes be people's busiest months. It's like you have a billion parties, you have all of these obligations, and then all of a sudden you just are ready for the holidays to be over. You're just ready to be done with Christmas. And I just don't ever want that to be the case. I want to celebrate who Jesus is and the fact that he came to us well, I want to give that good energy. And so I'm trying to learn, I'm not doing this perfectly, but I'm trying to learn to leave room and then just also to prepare my heart by actually thinking of Jesus and waiting in anticipation for that, for his coming. I love that you defined Advent too, because I had heard that before, but I don't think I ever knew like what Advent had ever meant. And so thanks for just sharing that just season of waiting. I think that is really challenging to me and makes me want to pick up an Advent study. So maybe we can link a few different Advent um, yeah, studies in the show notes. that's a great idea. That's a great idea because you have to be intentional. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's like I'm choosing to prepare my heart for, to remember God's when he came to us. And uh, and that just takes a little pre-planning. And uh, so that's good. Yeah, let's let's uh, connect some in the show notes. Okay, so let's transition a little bit. I know um, the holidays can be just difficult for some of us, and I know they've been difficult for you in the past too. And so could you share a little bit more with our listeners about your story and how you've had to deal with just grief and death and um, just loss of family during the holidays? Yeah. I, uh, the holidays have always been my favorite, but a couple of years ago that kind of, um, yeah, it got a little bit harder to celebrate, I would say, which I know is probably true of a lot of people. Sometimes the holidays can be really hard. And so I definitely can relate to that because four years ago I lost my mom to cancer. And so, uh, it was November 12th. So it was right before all of the holidays started. And so, I actually don't even really remember um, the, the first holiday season. It just kind of feels like a blur of going through it without my mom and in the midst of grief. And yeah, I, I'm like, I literally have no memories of it. But um, but I feel like as the years have kind of gone on, I just have thought a lot about how Jesus actually meets us in that and how you can still be sad during the holidays. I still miss my mom. I mean, half the things that I do during Christmas are because of my mom, because she did them, because she loved them, because she created in me a love for traditions. And so I think I will always miss my mom around the holidays. I don't think that um, that will probably ever stop happening, but I, I just feel really differently that I can choose joy in the midst of it because the reason that I celebrated Christmas hasn't actually changed. And so I had to keep thinking about that 
uh, that even though my mom wasn't a part of the tradition or wasn't a part of the season anymore, uh, the season hadn't changed, that I still got to celebrate who Jesus was and the fact that he came and that and also that he knew grief. I mean, thinking about how he came and there wasn't any room for him anywhere. It's like he came to earth. There wasn't room. You know, his, I mean, even thinking about Mary and about Joseph, it's like she became pregnant with this baby and before she was even married and how they had to handle that. And I'm sure there was so much grief in that and this unmet expectation even of, okay, we thought our wedding would look differently than this. We thought our marriage would look differently you know, if we're carrying the savior of the world, why aren't people responding differently? Why are we getting this treatment? And so I think that knowing that even in the Christmas story, there was probably grief and there was sadness, but there was such joy in knowing that the savior that had been waited for came. And so I think that that has helped me a lot in in times whenever I've just felt sad and have missed my mom and have been dealing with grief. Um, it's helped me to choose joy to know that that reason is still the same and that will never change, even if my traditions do look differently. That's good. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I my mom was one to always do all these fun things for Christmas. Like we had the figgy pudding she ordered, you know, we I had don't even know what figgy pudding is. I, you don't want to eat any because I mean, my whole family just sat around and just we have pictures of us making faces holding this little wad like of pudding, like with figs, thick bread. I mean, it's like fruit bread, but more so like really over the top. So, anyway, but there was, you know, she just loved fun things and she was very extravagant and playful and. Um, you know, I just didn't come out that way, but m- my mom really did create a real magic, you know, for Christmas and, uh, and it's just sweet to think of her and remember her during those holidays, but it's hard, you know, when you face sad things, um, you know, during the Christmas season, but thank you for sharing Kat. I feel like we've talked about so much already. And so I just want to recap just to remember all these things. We talked about just practical um, steps of decorating, creating traditions, initiating the celebration, as well as just really preparing our heart. We tapped into like what Advent means and how we can prepare and anticipate the return of Christ and be able to celebrate that on Christmas Day. And then you just recently talked about Kat just you know, being in a season of grieving, but choosing joy because Christ is here. And so what else do you have for us? Those are already so many great points, but I know you have a few more that you want to share. Yeah, this, uh, it might sound cheesy, but uh, another thing that you can do is just spread the cheer. Uh, Sounds like Elf. I know, that's what I was thinking whenever I wrote it. Elf is my favorite Christmas movie, so... I love it. But yeah, Proverbs 11.25 says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so again, during, I mean, at any point in my life, but especially during the Christmas season, I feel like it can get really easy to self-focus and just think about, okay, what do I want to do? What what are my traditions that I want to get done? And um, I don't, I actually think that whenever I have given and whenever I've been intentional to think about others, that Christmas season has been a lot more meaningful to me. Um, and so, you know, ways that you can do that is just to give, whether that's ringing the bell for Salvation Army. Actually, I think that, do you guys do that, Kim? We did it one year as a family. Definitely. And it was very cold. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we did it. Yeah. It was cool. And so taking advantage of opportunities like that, my church always does Operation Christmas Child. And so getting a chance to 
um, give that way. But just remembering that there are a lot of people who can't celebrate Christmas in the way that I do. Um, I haven't always done this well, but it's something that I'm trying to grow in is just to give, especially during the holiday season. Uh, another way is just to invite other people in. And so one of, uh, one of my really good friends is taking an international student at home for Thanksgiving. And so even thinking through people that maybe don't have a place to go during the holiday season, whether that's for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, but just, you know, inviting others into your home and being willing to bring someone in who maybe doesn't have a place to be. Uh, another way that I actually feel like I got way more joy out of this than even my friend did, but was to send Christmas to others. So I have quite a few friends that live overseas as missionaries. And one of the things that I did was sent a Christmas box to one of my friends and it was the 12 days of Christmas. And so each day she opened up a different present leading up to Christmas because where she is, there's not really Christmas being celebrated and there's not any of the traditions that are happening. And so I actually had a blast getting to pick out all the gifts and think through things that could actually even travel through the mail overseas. But that was something that was really huge for me was even getting to sing Christmas to others. And so I feel like that's another one of my tips is just thinking of others and spreading the Christmas cheer. That's good. Now, here's a tip. If you do that, you need to send it way in advance because it takes a long time to get to other countries a lot of times. Um, well, that's wonderful. I know one thing that you mentioned is um, making baked goods for people. And you would do that as a single woman. Yeah, definitely. I, I still do that. I take them to all my neighbors. I love it. And again, that's something that I feel like my mom always did. It was like, you just baked Christmas cookies for days at my house. And so it's one of the traditions that I love to carry on. And I'll just take them to my neighbors or she, I mean, she even left them for like the mailman. So I do that too. And like the person who picks up the garbage and uh, it's just a fun way to get to give to other people. And I feel like, again, brings you joy as you get to do it for others. I love that. Is there anything else? I mean, we've talked about just a lot of fun things, but is there anything else that you, maybe we didn't talk about that you want to just make sure you include? Yeah, I, I hit on this a little bit, but again, this is something that I'm trying really hard to work on this year specifically, and that's just to leave room during the Christmas season uh, and to leave room to allow myself to think about God. Again, I feel like it just can get so busy this time of the year, and so I'm trying to be really intentional even at the cost of doing some of my like crazy fun things that I would always really want to do just to be intentional, to be present and to rest and to actually think about the reason why I'm celebrating and to pick some more intentional things to do instead of just saying yes to everything that comes along, picking, okay, well, yes, I'm going to go do this thing for this person specifically. Um, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say yes to this Christmas party and throwing this, but actually being intentional for what I say yes and no to, I think is something that I'm trying to really apply this season that I wouldn't say that I'm great at, but I actually think will help me a ton, not just be exhausted by the time that Christmas comes around and just kind of be ready for the holiday season to be over instead of embracing it and remembering the joy that Christ brings in it. 
That's good. Because, yeah, I feel like what I hear even more, and I've like even said it, oh, the holidays are coming up. Oh, it's a busy season. Oh, there's a lot of things to go to. And I'm like, no, I want to be someone that's known for like proclaiming Christ in this season and celebrating him in this season and finding rest in him this season. And when people are like, how are your holidays? I don't say, oh, it was crazy. But it's like, man, I just learned so much about who God was. And I'm so thankful. So that's really challenging to me. Makes me want to, yeah, leave room, like you said. Adrian, are there any like Christmas um, tips that you have that make Christmas special for you? You know, nothing comes to mind, Kim, but I'm guessing you must have something that you want to share. So I'm going to ask okay, you. Okay, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> okay, tell us. Well, I mean, you know, I haven't been the best at creating Christmas traditions. And uh, my stepmom is amazing. She's created so many wonderful ones for our family. But there are two movies that I just really enjoy watching. And to me, that kind of signifies it's Christmas. And they're not the traditional ones. But one is called The Nativity Story. Have you all seen that one? I haven't. And it's just kind of a story about Mary and Joseph. And I just thought it was just so refreshing because you don't think about, you know, what it was like for them. I mean, Mary's pregnant. And so everybody in the town is talking, you know, and it just, I just thought it was a really well done um, movie. And the other one is called, I believe it's the Bethlehem Star. And it's kind of a documentary about the star. And it is just fascinating to me. And I watch that and I go, you know what? God is big. And the the stars move in this clockwork thing that precision, clockwork precision, and they coordinate with times of Jesus's birth and his death and just how God let his, um, the announcement of his son um, be in the sky. And it's just phenomenal. And you walk away going, wow, okay, this is big. And so those are two movies that I just, if I can watch those, I just feel like my heart feels ready for Christmas. So those are two things. So we've talked about a lot of things. Um, it's fun talking about Christmas. We've talked about um, handling those conversations about when you're a single woman and uh, from Aunt Minerva. But we've also talked about just making choices to be intentional about decorating about taking initiative and not being, not waiting around for other people to kind of get the party started, but just kind of get it started where you're at. We've talked about creating traditions. And um, so I feel like we've really covered a lot of things. And I realize, you know, Christmas is a wonderful holiday and it's good to prepare our hearts and to draw near to the Lord. And but, you know, the holidays sometimes are very difficult. You know, like Kat, you shared about, you know, your mom died before the holidays. But, you know, a lot of us come from divorced homes and, you know, we're going into the holidays, you know, facing a lot of brokenness in relationships or tension in families. And, you know, it can be the holidays can be very difficult. And so we do what we can to try to make it um, special, but does anybody have anything to add, you know, for that young woman who's headed home, her parents are divorced, she's going to have to make the rounds, you know, to visit everybody. And it just, it's just not the same. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think, uh, just knowing that 
you are not alone in that. I I think remembering that even if Christmas doesn't meet the expectations that you are hoping for, even if it doesn't, you know, have a nice little bow like tied around it, that God is still with us. I mean, that is what we're celebrating during Christmas time. But um, yeah, I I am sorry that that is your experience. And I have definitely, I've definitely felt that too, where expectations have been missed, even the years after my mom, you know, passed away. I think a lot of our Christmas traditions changed and I I kind of dreaded going home, not because I didn't love my family, but just because it looked so differently and there was so much hurt wrapped around it. And just knowing that that, that is okay, um, that it's okay to feel sad, that it's okay to wish even that maybe things were differently. But yeah, I want to encourage whoever that is, um, to hold on to hope too, the hope that can be found in Christ even during that. Yeah. It seems like if we're just staying centered, focused on like God, his character, the actual meaning of this holiday, that no matter what's going on around us, even if it's absolute craziness and brokenness and whatever it is, it's like we see the perfect savior, Jesus, that came, that was in the manger that day, that was. And I love that part in the song where it says the weary world rejoices um, because he came. And, you know, we do. We live in a broken world, and things just don't always go as planned. And there are a lot of things outside of our control. But we can make choices, and I feel like you've covered a lot of those today, Kat, that we can take steps to really make Christmas um, in our own hearts. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, um, as we experience just kind of a personal celebration of Christmas and who God is and what he's done for us, that that will overflow to those around us and bring hope to them as well. Okay, Kat, I know you've talked about how, you know, it's been 10 Christmases since you've ever brought a date and that's not the case this year. And so you're going to go spend Thanksgiving with your boyfriend. So just tell us candidly, how are you feeling about that? I do feel really excited. Uh, It will be really fun. It is different, that's for sure. But I'm excited to get to see the traditions with his family and, yeah, to get to try to just embrace where I'm at, which this year is to do Thanksgiving with him. And so it'll be really fun. And, yeah, I think the world of him. So excited to get to spend, spend a holiday with him. He's a smart man. I know that about him. <laughs> You're a catch. Thanks, yeah. Kim. You're Jim. So grateful for you. What a fun podcast, Kat. It's been so fun to have you here. Thank you for coming and sharing just your heart and your ideas. And if someone wanted to keep up with you, could we post your Instagram? Definitely. I know sometimes you take a break on Instagram, which I think is healthy, but we will post it there and uh, so someone can reach out to you if they want to. Perfect. So happy um, that I got to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And Adrian, thank you for being with me and uh, being able to talk with Kat and for Kim behind the scenes. Um, I appreciate her hard work um, to keep us on track. And Logan, you work your magic every week and make us sound a lot better than we are. (laughs) So we appreciate you producing. And to our listeners, thank you for carving out some time to be with us today. We hope you're encouraged and that you're looking forward to the Christmas season and, and that you'll be able to take steps to make this Christmas the best one yet. 
And uh, we're grateful for you, and we have a lot to talk about, so we hope you'll join us again next week. Thanks so much.